Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Block Talk Radio. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. what it costs us 
<laughs> it would cost us about the same as it would cost. Nah. Uh, uh, hold on one second. Uh, hold on. Uh, the the um, uh, Graham versus Say that radio. David Graham is a patriot who speaks about communism, cultural Marxism, Alusi, and Islam. Also, find very interesting guests, including former CIA agents, authors, and friends. Linda, thank you very, very much for uh, for contacting us and uh, agreeing to join us here on uh, Stay Mad Radio. I appreciate it. And uh, as promised, with me on the line is uh, our guest, Charles Status. Uh, open your mic right now. Charles, welcome back to Stay Mad Radio. Hi, son. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. No, that's my pleasure. Uh, our, our pleasure. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break right into right about Sama. Thank you for joining me here on uh, Stone Man Radio. I really appreciate it. Well, it's my joy to be with you, brother, and I hope I'm able to move with you tonight. Her name is Janie Johnson. She wrote the book. Don't take my little aid stand. How are you today, Janie? I'm doing great, David. How are you? I'm fine. I think this is her as well. Uh, is this Addie? Hello. Hi, I'm How are you? Very, very nice to speak with you finally. Yeah, I sure am. So, catch this and much more exciting content on Daymad Radio, Tuesday and Thursday nights at 
gaming laptop, and all I did was plug up my board to the back of this uh, this laptop here, and hopefully it'll work out uh, while I you know, work out the issues with the MacBook Pro. Because what I think what's happening with the MacBook Pro is the the hard drive's not working really well. But uh, we're gonna. Uh, take a quick break here and then try to, you know, reconfigure the situation and, you know, hopefully we can get it squared away so that we can continue the show. But this, uh, everything happened like within the last hour and so I wasn't able to really tweak the situation to get it uh, working the way I really want to. But here we go. Uh, we'll be right back in just a minute. Please bear with me if you <laughs> will. Hosts Day Mad Radio Tuesday and Thursday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. David Graham is a patriot who speaks about communism, cultural Marxism, Alunsky, and Islam. Also, find very interesting guests, including former CIA agents, authors, and friends. Linda, thank you very, very much for uh, for contacting us and uh, agreeing to join us here on uh, Stay Mad Radio. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, as promised, with me on the line is uh, our guest, Charles Status. Uh, open the mic right now. Charles, welcome back to Stay Mad Radio. Hi, sir. I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. No, that's my pleasure. Uh, our pleasure. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break that into something uh, Samara, uh, thank you for joining me here on uh, Stone Man Radio. I really appreciate it. Well, it's my joy to be with you, brother, and I'm hoping to play the role with you tonight. Her name is Janie Johnson. She wrote the book Don't Take My Little Aid Stain. How are you today, Janie? I'm doing great, David. How are you? I'm fine. I think this is very well. Uh, is this Addie? Hello. I'm, I'm, how are you? Very, very nice to speak with you, finally. Yeah, I sure So catch this and much more exciting content on Maynard Radio Tuesday and Thursday nights. Hopefully the sound isn't as bad as it uh, as it was before. Uh, you're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report, and tonight we want to talk about something very important because you know a lot has been lost in um, in in over the last three years of some of the things that Barack Obama has said uh, about uh, a, a variety of really bizarre. Uh, uh, utterances and speeches. One of them is the, um, the civilian national security force, and I was, I was, uh, this, I was brought to this, this, um, this idea, this speech that he made uh, a couple of years ago was brought to mind in the um, drawdown of the military, uh, where Obama has signed, um, uh, has signed into. Uh, uh, signed on to this uh, uh, re-budgeting of the military where the Marines, uh, sailors, airmen, Coast Guard folks are going to be you know, pretty much out on the street after a while. Uh, what the drawdown uh, means, that, what it means is that um, promotions will be uh, pretty much stifled and uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, military personnel will be um, you know, discharged. And they'll be out looking for employment, looking for jobs, and it'll pretty much add to the unemployment roles. And when I thought about that, I thought about the idea that, well, where are these guys going to go? 
where are these well-trained um, military personnel going to go in a market that is saturated with um, uh, with, a, with, a, with a market that's pretty much saturated with um, well, people looking for work, and uh, you know, I just don't. Uh, and when I thought about this, I thought about um, well, Obama mentioned um, a couple of years ago um, a national security force. Uh, that that America needed to have a civilian national security force. I wonder, and I wonder today when I thought when I when I read that he was um, going to uh, uh, restrict the military's budget, if this is all part of a plan to start up this um, civilian national security force. Take a listen to what Obama said uh, a couple of years ago in a speech. Um, and tell me what you, you know, and, and, and then we'll, we'll set up the conversation from there. We cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. Remember that speech? Um, well, it's a serious issue, and what I'm going to go ahead and do right now is I'm going to go ahead, since my sound is really crapping out, and it's not working very good with this PC as opposed to the Mac I usually use, I'm going to go ahead and let my guy, uh, my good friend, uh, uh, Dave, go ahead and take over the show uh, using his system now, and then I'm going to log in as co-host with Dave. And we're going to just do it that way and have the discussion because right now the sound isn't really all that great using this PC as opposed to using the Mac. So, Dave, if you will, go ahead and just take over and then I'll call in to – I'll call in and then we'll, we'll conduct the show that way. Uh, and yeah. I apologize for the issues. You there, Dave? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you just fine. Okay. All right, um, uh, you, you guys out there in the chat room, let me know if my sound sounds like his sound. Yeah, your so sound sounds great. Okay, well, that's good. Uh, so, yeah, yeah folks, uh, that, is a, that is a critical piece that kind of just got, you know, everyone was caught up in the moment. And you can hear during the playing of that piece. Um, uh, where he's saying, and we, you know, we can no longer rely, and everybody's clapping, and everybody's clapping, and it, you know, it's like the whole speech where everybody was clapping, but it's like he he snuck it in there, you know, he he snuck it in, and and uh, everyone's still clapping, and you know, it, it, you know what it reminds me of? It's it's uh, if you ever saw the movie Spinal Tap, okay, um, there is a scene in Spinal Tap. That where they in in like the lobby of a hotel, they run into this uh, the the band. They they run into this other this other uh, the singer of this other band, and they were like, oh wow, hey, great to see you, you know. And they're all upbeat and this and everything, and you know, hey, good times, good times. And the guy walks away, and they all say, whoa, wanker, whoa, wanker. Oh, we had to apologize for his set when we came on after him. They were still booing him when we got on. So it was almost like 
And when you think about that for a minute, it might not have been. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And you know what? uh, You know, one of the issues is, you know, the United States is probably the only nation that does not have a national police force. In the 1960s and 1970s, the Law Enforcement Assistance Administration, or LEAA, was created to achieve this goal. A counter move uh, by uh, concerned citizens was to support your local police and keep them independent movement. Older citizens may recall seeing bumper stickers to that effect. Now, Obama wants to establish a national, a civilian national security force just as strong, just as powerful as the United States military. And I think with this drawdown of the services that we're about to see, which, we, which we've seen over time over our nation's history, uh, uh, we're going to see a lot of unemployed soldiers, airmen, and Marines, and perhaps, just perhaps, and I gave this a little thought, and it may be something of a reach, maybe these unemployed warriors are going to be able to find a spot in Barack Obama's civilian national security force. Now, where he'll get the money to pay for this, well, that's another matter. But it's supposed to... Well, the, the the cost has been calculated as somewhere in the area of about five hundred uh, uh, billion dollars. Go ahead, Dave. Well, I I don't know what I I don't know how much it was going to cost, but I mean I'm I'm thinking what what are they going to have? Plain clothes mercenaries running around, you know, and 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 is it going to be a situation where? Anyone can claim to be one of those people, uh, you know, if they beat somebody up on the street. Wow, I'm with the national, the uh, civilian security force, or I'm with the Civil Air Patrol, or I'm with the Boy Scouts of America, or I don't know. Well, you know what, Dave? I'm not exactly certain of of the the details. I do know that uh, uh, he wants to uh, to expand the Peace Corps. And 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 entities very much like that, but he wants to have a civilian national security force, and this wasn't reported widely once he said it. It's as if it was uh, something that that was talked about. I mean that that he spoke of, and only uh, you know a handful of news organizations even picked it up because it was part of a larger speech. But then he somehow just threw it in there. That he wanted to have this national police force, and 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 uh, my guy Glenn Beck brought up the fact that the Gestapo was started this way, and uh, the Waffen SS. All these two organizations were started this way. What is the point and the purpose of a national, uh, a civilian national security force? Even police okay. officers are not considered to be civilians. I would say to to have control over it, to you know, to get everybody to be able to to say, I was just following orders. Okay, what was the accent? Was that like a British, a pseudo British German thing, or what? What was that? I mean, yeah, that, that was, was it? Well, that's, they said in Germany they were all just following orders. Okay, but I'm wondering what the deal is with the accent. What was that? Well, I mean, because you did a little bit of an accent there, and I'm not really sure where where you were going with the accent. I did the wrong accent. I blew it. (laughs) All right, well, we have a caller (laughs) in queue. Can you, do you have the switchboard there where you can get to the caller? (laughs) 
You got about eight of them. Which one do you want me to take? Oh, the 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 one the, there's there's you and the one one one, and then there's another one 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 Skype caller there. You got it. <laughs> I dug the accent though. Well, let, let me get it. Let me get it. <laughs> All right, I just opened the other Skype caller. Anybody calling in on Skype? You're up. Uh, I am. I don't know if that's me or not. Yeah, that's you. Yeah. Okay. Well, we have we have ways of making you talk. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, uh, Colonel yeah. Clint. Uh, who was it? Who was it? Was it uh, uh, General Hofstetter? Or? <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, 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 guys. Sarge here, uh, uh, Doc. Look, I called in because I couldn't get any sound, so I called in so I could hear the show. But you know, this is a great topic. Uh, we know the civilian security force that uh, King Hussein is referring to. It's not the citizen militia of the Second Amendment. Because I have personal experience with Barack Hussein Obama. Because mm-hmm. I called in, you know, I, I used to regularly appear on, a, on radio talk shows on WLS and other radio venues in the Chicago area when I was living in the greatest Soviet of the state of Illinois. And, uh, you know, uh, I, there was one show I used to come on. It was a great conservative named Tom Roser. And he had Barack Hussein Obama. Mm-hmm. And he was a state senator, and he was a guest on Tom's show. And, you know, I'm, I'm being a part of the show. I'm listening to the show. I wouldn't schedule that week, but I called in and talked to him. And I had a real debate with the guy about, uh, about the lies he was telling about gun control. I mean, me and him went at it. And that was a police officer, still an active police officer at the time. I had access to statistics, and I was able to prove him to be a total, utter uh, 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 a George David liar. Uh, by by the statistics, Chicago Police Department statistics, Uniform Crime Report statistics, the law, uh, the Illinois Leeds Agency data collection statistics, and he was utterly lying about everything he'd been saying about the need for the gun control that he was citing. And at the end of the day, when he had no more arguments, you know, he couldn't muster any more arguments against me because uh, I was just kicking his behind. I swear I wish I could get that tape again. I'm trying to get it because uh, it was like 1994, 1995. All he could say was, well, we need to do everything we can uh, to reduce the uh, homicide. <laughs> you know, he, he had no factual base for what, but it didn't matter because in the end he had the lion politician standard lines. So we know he isn't talking about the civilian militia in the Second Amendment because he has utter contempt for that notion and that particular aspect of the Constitution, whether it be state or federal. But I'm going to tell you what I think it is, and it just hit me. And I'm doing research on it now to find out the particulars. But in the health care law, there's a provision for a uniformed military force. Yes. Remember? Yeah. I hope people haven't forgotten about that. It's in the bill. Well, isn't isn't that part of HR? Officers of the health services. Yeah, and it's supposed to be an initial uh, uh, group of uh, 15,000, I believe. And I think it's under H.R. 675, the bill uh, introduced by, uh, uh, or part of the bill that was introduced by Representative uh, Bob uh, Feiner, a California Democrat. And the bill would amend Title 10 of the United States Code and extend to civilian employees of the Department of Defense the authority to execute warrants, make arrests, and carry firearms. And now then the bill was referred to the Armed Services Committee in uh, January 2009. Now, and my I, understanding of this particular – I made my recollections different than yours. They weren't under the Department of Defense. They were a military force, but it was not, as I recall, under the auspices – of the uh, Department of Defense. My recollection is it was under the auspices of the National Health Service. But it was a military organization. 
Well, you're exactly right, but it, it was also part of. Uh, it's also supposed to be the the uh, you know the military doctors, the the doctors who uh, who serve uh, who, are, who are military personnel who serve uh, Bethesda Naval Hospital. A lot of the uh, a lot of the military hospitals who are commissioned officers. That, that was my understanding. I, I mean, I could be wrong. Well, that may have been a part of it as well. I think it's like kind of like the reserve, you know, the National Guard, the U.S. Army Reserves, and all the other, you know, Coast Guard. They're all military organizations, but they're under different. Uh, they, but they can't be coalesced when necessary. Uh, I think it had different uh, divisions. Uh, it, 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 you know, military doctors are for the most part under the Department of Defense, even though they may be assigned a civilian hospital. I mean, yeah. there's still somewhere there's a military chain of command they answer to that ultimately, you know, of course, president at the top, and then you have the secretary of defense. And in that respect, that's where the chain of command, you know, begins. So uh, I, I'm speaking of particularly the component that was under the control of the National Health Services. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's what I'm really speaking of. And I remember it, I remember the time it seemed to be pretty comprehensive for it. I said, man, what are they – what are you give medical personnel this sort of authority for? And I, I, I'm going to look a little bit more closely into it to see, you know, exactly uh, what the extent of the authority would be. But it seemed to be kind of troubling at the time. It seemed to be if it could serve as the basis for his national security defense force, his Obama shit stuff. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, part of that, maybe just a, a bit of a part of the puzzle, uh, because a lot of this stuff is being done as as I've uh, been as as is famously being been said in the administration under the radar. Because Obama has has boasted many times that you know he's doing things under the radar, things that we don't even know about, and and uh, a, a lot of his minions have said the very same thing. And I think HR six seventy five, uh, which which effectively sidesteps posse comitatus uh, by defining law enforcement officers of the, uh, of the Department of Defense as civilian employees of the Department of Defense, including federal police officers, detectives, and so on. So I think part of th this is all part of that puzzle. In establishing this uh, national civilian national police force, but to what end? What is the point of it? We have the FBI. We have the. Uh, we, we. I mean, we have. We have, I mean, we've got a police force. We've got police forces coming out of the wazoo. I mean, what well, do we need? Well, strictly speaking, posse comitatus applies to members of the army and yeah. the air force. Right. Uh, actually, strictly speaking, doesn't apply to the Marines and the Navy even though they are forbidden to engage in civilian law enforcement by uh, uh, regulation, yeah. the, the Posse Comitatus Act does not apply to members of the Marines and the Navy in, in the strictest legal sense. Uh, the, but, but Posse Comitatus, again, it is intended to hobble the, the Army and the Air Force from engaging in civilian law enforcement activities. And again, the Marines and the Navy is, is by regulation. Uh, they've adopted most of the Posse Comitatus by regulation. But again, that, that statute doesn't apply to them. Uh, you know, I, I think I think what he's looking for here, when he speaks of his national security civilian defense force, is a force answerable to him directly. Unlike the sense of the military is, with the sort of congressional oversight that you know the uh, uh, Congress has through the Uniform Code of Military Justice. In fact, they didn't make the rules and regulations. Yeah. On, of I think he's trying here to get his own sort of shutstaffle. His boss well, uh, well, of course. Which is outside the direct military chain of command. Well, and I, and I agree with that. But to but but the big question, 
I think a lot of people will ask is to what end? What is the point of it? What will he do with it? Uh, you know, he's got if if he's reelected for an, another four year term. Four, four years is, is a relatively short period of time. What could he possibly do with this uh, national uh, military, uh, this security force? What, what, to what end would he use this force? And that's well, question. Unfortunately, we couldn't find out because instead of journalists today, we have a bunch of stenographers and cheerleaders yeah. in the uh, uh, national press pool. So they wouldn't press him on this like they would have pressed George Bush if he'd made such a shall we say, troubling statement? Yeah. Troubling. I, George Bush mentioned this. I mean, what do you mean? What is exactly, would you please exactly, nobody in the mainstream press asked him this question. What is a national security defense force that's just as strong, just as powerful, and just as well-funded as the armed force of the United States? What's a national defense budget every year? Uh, 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 over half a trillion dollars? Yeah, yeah. So you're going to spend a half a trillion dollars on a security defense force? And for, and for I mean, what? what does it mean? No, they didn't answer, so we don't know. We have to speculate here. Now, let's look at the nature of the man in the White House. Let's see. Uh, he thinks the Constitution is a charter of negative liberties, yeah. but it doesn't tell you what the government's supposed to do for you. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. He thinks the Constitution and the country need to be radically transformed. Hmm. Hmm. He has Marxist instincts coupled with the tendency to do fascistic things like nationalize uh, corporations, and uh, engage in crony capitalism. Hmm, hmm. You add all this together, and you think there might be someone who's looking for something that could aid him, oh, in establishing tyranny? I don't think that's too far outside the box to take a guess at, since nobody in the press will ask it specifics, and I have to speculate. We all speculate. Crazy for saying such a thing. How can you say such a thing? He smiles a lot, and he's a light worker sent from heaven to enlighten us all. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt about it. I mean, the guy. He, he well, some are saying, uh, for example, fact check has has spun the um, the uh, that part of his speech as being uh, his national security forces, meaning he would double the size of the Peace Corps uh, and uh, and AmeriCorps and those sorts of things. But those those things have never been part of any national security police uh, force. Were not National Peace Corps or no. National uh, Welcome Wagon Organization. They were National Security Force. Security exactly. Force. You know, in other countries they call them Security Police. Just as well, just as well funded, just as well trained as the United States military. Armed forces. He didn't mention the Peace Corps. Hey, you willfully deluded dummies. Will you listen to the man's words? Look up the words in the dictionary. Listen to the man's words. Look at the nature of the fiend you put in the White House. And then maybe ask yourself some questions like real journalists would. Well, well that's just no. too much to you ask of you when you determine to engage in hagiography and hero worship for your little Marxist usurper. I guess it is. But I say I'm not that way. No. You know, I, I got history on my side. I study history and the nature of dictators and people who hold contempt for Republican government. And I'm kind of leery of the things they're likely to do. Just call me crazy, I guess, and you probably will. Not right now, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. 
I, I, I tell you what, uh, you know, one, it, it, it's as if, for me, it's as if it, when, when this guy makes these kinds of statements, like he'd like to, oh, I'd like to bypass the Constitution and do my own thing, or I'd like to bypass Congress, I'm paraphrasing him, but, 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 but very accurately, I'd like to, you know, bypass Congress and do my own thing, or, you know, but we have something called the Constitution, and, you know, it's as if he's throwing up all of these trial, a lot of trial balloons to kind of get a reaction of what, the, what, what, you know, what sort of blowback he'll get from it, and if he doesn't get it, then he'll go just an, another step further. Um, Charles Krauthammer, uh, yesterday uh, labeled Obama as a lawless, uh, a, a, a lawless president, who has engaged in a long stream of lawless actions. And you know, he is yeah, arrogant man. because arrogance knows no bounds, Sarge. Yeah, Doc, and, and let's look. Let's look at uh, some of his unofficial advisors out there. Oh, his fellow Marxists from Illinois, the greater Soviet of, uh, Jesse Jackson Jr. And what did old Jesse Jackson Jr. advise Hussein to do? Treat Congress as though it were uh, a state in rebellion. Yeah. Uh, that need to be brought into line. And go ahead and use your executive powers to curtail and to uh, 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 discipline those that outfit in rebellion against your majesty. Yeah, and you're oh, exactly. Your executive powers to do what you have to do to rule the country from day one, as Valerie Jarrett so famously stated. Yeah, I mean, really. is, 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 are we so far fetched to say these kind of things? He didn't put down Jesse Jackson. He didn't say, "Well, well I appreciate Congressman Jackson's support, but I would like to remind Congressman Jackson that our Constitution mandates uh, separation of powers and enumerated powers between the different methods. No, he didn't do that, did he? He just shouted against the word. His 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 silence spoke volumes in my mind. Volumes, volumes, and and you know so many of these things are just are, are it's so indicative of you know and I don't want to label the president as being you know Hitlerist or Stalinist or Mussolini style uh, like uh, government. But if you won't, I will. Well, you know, but I, I let me hold on now. What I do want to say is it it is I mean if we learn anything from history. It's that this is how it starts. This is how it begins. And you know, I am I am I am I'm a hair short of labeling labeling the president, you know, within that group. And I'll go ahead and let you do that, Sarge. But he is certainly getting there. I mean, the I I, I fear. I strongly fear for for uh, you know the, the future of this country if this guy is allowed to uh, uh, reign uh, for another uh, four years. Oh, oh man, to, look, to another term he'll definitely try to institute his own. Obama should stop. I believe it with all of my heart and soul. He, I, and if he can't do it, it's not it won't be because he hasn't studied uh, the issue to see if he can do it. I guarantee you that. But but I'm certain that if another four years in office, he will definitely try to do that. He'll get this national security force he wants to. I won't be surprised if you try to pick up a lot of gangbangers out of the inner city. Because you know what? This guy used to be affiliated with an outfit called Project Vote in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. I was a state policeman in Chicago, and those people came in to the uh, uh, Thompson Center in Chicago and literally took over hundreds of them. They were going to be a couple thousand, just streaming and stomping around the bottom fourth. Absolutely took over the Thompson Center. He was affiliated with this bunch. 
Well, they you know, trying to intimidate people into a vote. They, well, you, we were recognizing them. They were a bunch of gang, but we knew people we had warrants for, and we wanted on warrants. We got into a near riot because we chased a couple of them down. We wanted on warrants, and that riled up a whole bunch of the others. And we had to get out the shotguns and everything else to get these guys back there. The press didn't report on it. I was there. I saw it. I was in the state. Well, you know, you and know, Sarge. Obama, they were one of his <laughs> political allies. Sarge, I am from Chicago, and uh, and I, I remember that. I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, I wasn't as tied into it as I should have been. I was doing some other things, but I, but I am a native of Chicago, and I was there during that time, and I remember that all very well. My big question and concern is, what is this guy's end game? I mean, I understand he wants to fundamentally transform the United States of America, but into what? And this national security force, which is now coming back into play because it's been mentioned and banned about again as late uh, as uh, November of this year. And the fact that we're going to have a lot of soldiers, airmen, and Marines coming back home, uh, discharged from the military as a result of budget cuts, will that play a part in creating this force? I wonder about it. Okay, let's let's go back again because we've got to rehash it with this guy. Cause a lot of people like to forget this because he's got this great big smile. He's got cute little daughters. Mm-hmm. And the press tells us that his, that his, uh, his wife is going to think since sliced bread. And, and, that, and that the election of Barack Obama was the expiation of the nation's racial sins. Mm-hmm. See? And, and all this hagiography means that he can't be criticized. Now, but what is he really at his core? He's a statist. That, that's a polite way of me calling him a Marxist. You know, yeah. I, you know, a lot of people get upset when I call him a Marxist. But, you know, that's what I actually believe in. I believe he's a Marxist, crypto-fascist, okay? But yeah. let's, say, let's say he believes in big-ass government, a bunch of them. The only you can implement big-ass, lots of government, you know, especially in a country <laughs> that is unused to it, you know, a country that's not used to this kind of level of government. You've got to have big security forces, police forces, to get them in line, just in case they don't want to go along with the program. Now, especially when you got 250 million private fire and, and owner, uh, private fire in, in private hands. 250 million uh, firearms of all kinds in private hands. You know that, that is problematic. Now, if this unruly populist decides to get out of line, you better have a whole lot of security forces. And frankly, the United States Armed Forces, if you think about it, and he's going to gut them. There's only 10 divisions in the army. Yeah. Ten divisions in the army. There's far less than Marines. Was it one or two? One. I don't think it's even one. It might be a few regiments. Yeah. So, so there ain't that many ground troops. Ground troops what you're going to You can't put a bunch of sailors and airmen out there. Ain't enough of them. You got to have ground troops. So you're not going to get them there. Where are they going to come from? You got to create them. You got to get them out there so you can have enough to maybe intimidate the people into believing that there's, they got total control even there's nothing else you can do. Assuming the crowd, the peasants and the serfs get unruly and decide they don't want to go along with mandated health care and they don't want to go along with skyrocketing energy prices and all yeah. kind of induced shortages that they shouldn't have to put up with. Exactly. You know, you know, with the state deciding who gets what. So the end game would be to help him implement his statism and to implement any dissent, the silence dissent. Hey, look what I can sit on you, bud. You better shut up over there. Yeah, exactly. It's like any status. I don't care about his big smile and his cute daughters and all this other stuff. Well, he's a so at the end of the day, 
even if they put on a, a velvet glove, there's an iron fist in there. And you better believe, at some point, to implement this statism, they are prepared to do it. That's why we keep telling people, conservatives don't want much government. Constitution says if we have our way, there won't be enough government to implement fascism. So why are they always calling us fascists? These are the guys who are going to implement the kind of government you constantly say you're afraid of. <laughs> Liberals. We won't have enough government to do the things that they're afraid of. you got to have a big oh, government to be a fascist. Yeah. Well... Yeah, I, you know, I, I think when we put everything together and we start to talk about it, I think uh, the point that Sarge made yesterday about uh, uh, Barack Obama's um, re-election chances, uh, I think once we get this information out to more and more people, because it, it, it really does bear repeating that the president really has a, an agenda that is contrary to uh, what this country has always been all about. You know, I've heard, like I said in one of my blog talk shows uh, earlier this week, or last, or, or just before the um, the Christmas break, you know, there are people who want to lead, there are those who want to be led, and then there are those of us who simply want to be left alone. And, and, and I wonder, you know, are, are we seeing? Are, are we getting to the point where um, Barack Obama has uh, stepped over the line one time too many? And I understand that you know with these recess appointments, um, there may be uh, court challenges to those appointments. And if if the Republicans can muster up enough backbone to, uh, to you know to, to to issue a court challenge, what do you think about that, Sarge and and Dave? Uh, these days, I have utterly no faith in the feckless, ineffectual, cowardly Republican Party. I think they're a disgrace. Uh, with new information that's starting to come about now, uh, I'm not saying this is so. I'm not saying mm -hmm. this is so, but it would appear that people have questions about whether or not Rick Santorum's father was a citizen when he was born because he was an immigrant. Now, mm -hmm. I'm not saying he wasn't. I don't know. People are asking the question now. Some people are affirmatively asserting that he was not, which would mean Rick Santorum's not a national-born citizen. They are saying that uh, George Romney was an, uh, living in an expatriate colony in Mexico mm -hmm. and was never, in fact, an American citizen either. They say he was born in one of the territories, not in one of the states, and that his family moved to Mexico to form an expatriate American colony, and mm -hmm. George Romney never naturalized as a citizen, which would mean if George Romney's father was never a citizen, then neither is George, uh, Mitt Romney. No, I see. Now, now if that is true, they, sorry, when, when now they, we may understand why the Republican Party is behaving the way they are with him. I'm worried the Republican Party doesn't care anything about the Constitution that isn't convenient for him. And if it looks like a fight for this against this confirmation, this recess confirmation by Obama uh, is inconvenient for them, they'll lose the fight for it the same way they did when Hillary Clinton uh, uh, was uh, uh, affirmed to the job of Secretary of State after her salary was increased despite the constitutional prohibition against it. And she voted for the salary increase. And then a public... <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, one of the other computers... Yeah, yeah, the Republicans made a bit of noise about that for a couple of days, then they gave it up, remember? Yeah. 
Remember when she was appointed Secretary of State? And uh, she had voted for an increase in the salary for the Secretary of State. Constitution specifically prohibits that appointment. And then they said, well, we'll go back and retroactively change the pay grade or something like that. And her bunk said, okay. <laughs> so uh, when did this all come up? Because I've been I've been watching the news uh, over the course of the you know the the last uh, twenty four hours, and uh, I hadn't heard anything about uh, Romney's uh, citizenship status uh, possibly being challenged or Santorum's. Uh, it was challenged in nineteen sixty eight when he ran for the nomination, but he withdrew from the race, and it was a moot point, and nobody <laughs> pressed it after that. But it was an issue in nineteen sixty eight. When George Romney ran for the presidency, people raised the question. So, what do you think is ultimately going to happen as a result of uh, of, of, of this uh, information? I mean, Romney. I don't know. I, I think that uh, let's assume the worst comes out that neither Santorum or Romney's father was a citizen at the time they were born, which is what, which of course, what matters. You know, not, uh-huh. not when you decide to run for president, but when you were born. And uh, if that is the case, then the Republican Party will do nothing about it. They will do nothing. In fact, they will be in on the cover-up with the Democrats. I'm telling you that right now. It will be up to the citizenry to get to the truth. The corruption will prevail on this one in both parts. Well... You know, one would think that uh, Romney would have would be prepared for such a thing, and that uh, and, and that it in fact isn't true, and that he is a natural born citizen. Otherwise, why even run for the presidency if it is even possible uh, to, uh, to 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 run into a birther type situation? Why would he do so that? The usurper got away with it. Now I know we have higher standards in the Republican Party, but these days I'm beginning to wonder how much higher. I don't know if it's a whole lot higher or not. The usurper is getting away with it. We're, even if we vote him out of office, yeah. the precedent will have been established. You don't have to have two citizen parents to be considered a natural-born citizen eligible for the president. We will have de facto amended the Constitution. Well, Unless a thorough investigation is done into this with properly either congressional investigation and congressional determination and or court adjudication of what a natural-born citizen means in regard to Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5. Mm-hmm. So absent that, we will have de facto amended the Constitution to mean that a natural-born citizen can have just one citizen parent, and it's questionable whether they were born in the United States or not. I think this is. Uh, I, I think it's kind of splitting hairs here. I, I, well, uh, but I also understand that if Barack Obama's campaign even attempts to, you know, even 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 in even in a, in a bleak way, uh, bring uh, up the 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 idea that um, you know Romney or Santorum are not natural citizens, that opens up a whole new can of worms for them as well. It does, but again, uh, I think it's a little early to say this about Rick Santorum. It's probable that his father had been naturalized when he was born. But I don't think there's anything wrong with asking the question and asking to provide evidence of the fact that his father was a citizen at the time as well. Is there something wrong with it? Would he balk at it? Would he refuse to do it? Would he cite precedent? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just wondering. Because if he does, I'm going to really have some reservations about who am I now at this time I support for the Republican nomination. But if he does and it turns out it looks like he's pulling a a Hussein, I'm going to withdraw it and I'm going to say, yeah, this guy looks to me like this guy just as funky as Hussein is. (laughs) 
Okay. So wait, wait, but 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 let's get back to this national security force. What, what I what I have been asking a lot of people is what is the end game of such a force? I mean, what would he use the force for? And and I and I've not been able to get you know a, a positive or, or any sort of answer from anybody. Not even not even within the media that's covering it. You know, the blog throughout the blogosphere and 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 you know even even Alex Jones really uh, you know hasn't uh, even though he's touched extensively on the subject, he hasn't really said what the force would be used for. I mean, uh, I gotta wonder. The best national security. Uh, force we have is the United States Armed Forces. There's none better. Why not increase its strength? We only got ten divisions in the army, you big dummy. You got ten divisions. You increase that, you got the best security force you could possibly have. One most accountable to the people. It has congressional oversight, and and, and as, as as the Constitution specifies, uh, the Constitution guarantees that each of the states a Republican form of government, which means the United States, the President of the United States. Uh, does not violate posse comitatus by uh, uh, sending American troops to put down rebellions or insurrections. You know what I th- he can't do that. He's not violating posse comitatus. The Constitution says so. What and I think so. Federal- yeah. Huh? Yeah. That means I- that. So that's yeah. the best security force we got. What do we need this civilian thing for? We got the civilian <laughs> militia of the Second Amendment. Well, that's exactly the point, though. Uh, what would we use this force for? What is the purpose of it? And I think to maintain or help extend the political reach to use it as an intimidation force or a force of extortion or an outright force of tyranny. To actually go and implement arrests, detentions, uh, setting up camps. Who knows? Give this guy another four years, and I don't want to take a chance on letting it get there. Yeah. Showing the instincts of this man. But I would also how how will he pay for it? How will he get? He needs to get approval from Congress for that. And you know what else? While while I'm on the subject of of Congress, how is it that uh, these relatively intelligent, learned men were bamboozled into agreeing to these massive uh, defense budget cuts as a uh, condition of the super committee uh, reaching uh, agreement. I mean, why even, why, why would, how, how is it that they were able to, to, uh, to be uh, conned into agreeing to that sort of thing? Uh, he, <sighs> I, 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 their general ineffectualness, their general fecklessness. Uh, the Republican National Committee, for instance, is telling uh, uh, the candidates that it really doesn't do any good to go and attack Obama personally. They're a bunch of idiots. Yes, it does. It go, yes. Uh, yes, because they're defining personal attacks as uh, uh, reasonable, informed speculations on the nature of his policies. Well, exactly. This is a personal attack. So, you know, when they're given this kind of instruction at the national level of their party, to say nothing to probably getting the hints from Speaker Boehner, they're afraid to do anything that directly confronts this guy in a manner that looks, well, confrontational. You, you know, know, let the president have what he wants? Oh, what are you, just trying to be hostile to our first black president? What are you, a racist? I, I think that... Um 
you know, Republicans um, attempt to behave uh, in a civil manner, and like Barack Obama quoted uh, the Godfather, they bring a knife to a gunfight, and they should be bringing a shotgun or you know or or or, or, or Spaz 12 automatic shotgun, you know something like that. You know, they, this this uh, this civility that the Republicans uh, attempt to engage in simply does not work. I mean, it's like confronting a bully on the playground and, you know, and offering to parlay with him when all the bully wants is to take your lunch money. You know, it. Barack Obama and his team are not going to fight fair. You know, and it's important to bring up his background because it speaks volumes to his policies, like you just pointed out. And and in his background, in my, you know, to a lot of people believe that his background wasn't fully vetted. And if it was, we'd see, we would have seen what we were getting into, and he would not have been elected president. Well, again, uh, you know, the Republicans don't just bring a knife to a gunfight. They bring a butter knife to a gunfight. Yeah. At least if they bought a Rambo knife to a gunfight, a K-Bar, <laughs> or an Air Force survival knife, they'd be doing something with it. Could do something with it. I mean, but, but you know what they're doing here is, look, what they're doing here is, is what John McCain did, trying to prove he could be the most civil guy at a barroom brawl. Yeah. And, and, and the Obama bunch was brawling, and this guy was up here talking about, let's all get together and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Exactly. Uh, you know, and the Republicans, uh, at least in the leadership positions, are repeating the same mistake. It is a mistake. He is the most target-rich environment in the history of the American electoral electoral politics. In history. He should be gone after ruthlessly like they went after the retreating German army in the Follet's pocket. But but that one... Whatever they got and exterminate it, annihilate it. But you know what? I'm here talking about how we got to be nice. That's not going to, but you know, that's not going to happen because, um, you know, even Republicans are still very sensitive to the idea that, uh, you know, they're, um, they're somehow racist or they don't care about black people or minorities. And if they engage in a, uh, in, 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 in a scorched earth, which is what I recommend, uh, 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 attack on Barack Obama's, um, Personally and politically, you know, they'll be seen as being racist, and, of course, the media will play that up big time. They're not going to get the black vote. They, you know, if they, if they keep up with the pandering they're doing now, they might get, oh, 1% or so, and that'll leave Obama with 91% instead of 96%. You know? Yeah. What difference does it make? You're not going to get the black The black vote, I'm sorry, this time, I hate to say it, but it is so, I'm convinced to a moral certainty it is the most politically deluded, uh, 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 almost politically mad, uh, uh, cognitively dissonant electorate in the history of the United States electoral system ever. Uh, it, yeah. it, it simply votes for things that are against its best interest, and it does so en masse with canine slavish, dare I say it, devotion. So I'm sorry. You're not getting a black vote, Republican National Committee, no matter what you do. He's going to get the vast, overwhelming majority of it no matter what. Forget it. It ain't happening. Just don't be offensive. Don't unduly antagonize the black community. But tell them what's going to work best to fix the country will also work best for you. Well, exactly. Exactly. But, 
you know, it, 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 it just, it, he's not, they're not, they're, you're right, Republicans aren't going to get that vote, and no matter what they do, you know, and, and but, um, you know, I think that Speaker Boehner is, 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 is weak. I think that a lot of the Republicans in the Senate are weak, and we've seen that, um, you know, the, uh, the, the gentleman from Massachusetts, the, the new senator from Massachusetts is going along with Obama's recess appointments, and, you know, he's actually speaking up for the president because he's got some issues going back in Massachusetts. He's got to run for re-election, you know, election, uh, you know, this coming season. And so, you know, I think that we're in a mess politically with the GOP because there's a there's a lack of backbone. There's a lack of urgency within the Republican Party to get this guy and get him out of office. There is. Uh, there really is. This is. This is. This is. It's like this uh, dichotomy, or again, I say, the schizophrenia. Well, they understand there's some urgency to get rid of this clown. They understand that, but at the same time, they say, "Well, we got to be nice about it," as yeah. though there's really no urgency in it. Well, we can live with him if he gets reelected. The country can survive. Yeah. But maybe it isn't really that urgent that we, you know, make it a big deal to get him out of. It. Is it or isn't it? Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't want to look bad in the process. Yeah, act like it. Act like. Act like you want to save the country from an incipient tyranny. And even if he doesn't completely implement it during his term of office, he's laying the groundwork for a future tyrant. Well, because at some point, Sarge, it's going to be. It's going to be too late. We're going to. We're going to cross over into a. Uh, into a, a way of existing. I'm not going to say a way of living, a way of existing in this country that will almost be irreversible, at least for the foreseeable future. Now, now I'm sure you've heard of this uh, a plan by appointing this guy Cordray. Is that what you pronounce me, Cordray? Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, appointing him, uh, being an, an activist, like everybody associated with this clot. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, what he's going to do is try to uh, get all uh, home mortgages renegotiated. You have a government-sponsored entity loan, you can get it renegotiated, the current lowest prime interest rate. Mm-hmm. And that, that this is going to be – the reason he put this guy in there was to get this done and have it unveiled before the election. Right. Uh, to try to tip uh, the balance in his favor. Uh, and I just think about what the, the ramifications of that were he to get his way. Yeah, exactly. But here's the thing. A court challenge will put all of that on hold for the foreseeable future. The question is, do does the GOP have the backbone to issue a court challenge uh, based on the um, the concept that that uh, Congress or the Senate was not in recess, not in full recess when he made these appointments? Is there a legal standing there? The Senate was in fact maintaining. Uh, uh, legislative sessions that lasted a, a few seconds or minutes just for the purpose of stymieing the recess appointment. That was the reason they had the thing going, was just for that purpose. And, and Barack Obama supported this very same procedure when he was a senator in George Bush in 2007. Yeah, you're right. Hey, we have uh, oh, a... You're exactly right. We have Cyber City on the line. A quick response, Cyber, because we have 90 seconds before the show is over, and we got to get out of here. Uh, go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I'll just call another time. All right. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll okay. be. 
you're here tomorrow, so I do apologize for not uh, not seeing you there on the board. Um, but but uh, please do call in again uh, when, we're, when we're back on tomorrow. Sarge, thank you once again for unofficially co-hosting the show with me. <laughs> you were great. And we have 43 seconds left. We're going to go ahead and close out the show. Thanks again, Sarge, for your input. Always welcome. And Mr. always... Mr. Sound is working tomorrow. Oh, I sure will. Always informative and, and, and always uh, humorous to go along with it. Thanks, Sarge. I appreciate it. Hey, folks, thank you so much for tuning in tonight and bearing with me with my sound issues, using a PC instead of a Mac to get my work done here. That should tell you all about all you need to know. Do not use a PC in business. We're out. God bless you. God bless you tonight. Thanks for being with me tonight. Good night, folks. When you walk through the garden, you gotta watch your back. Well, I beg your pardon, walk the straight and narrow track. If you walk with Jesus, he's gonna save your soul. You gotta keep the devil. Way down in the hole He's got the fire and the fury At his command Well, you don't have to worry If you hold on to Jesus' hand We'll all be safe from Satan When the thunder rolls We just gotta keep the devil Way down in the
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.